Hello, everybody. I'm Jan Fields, and I'm on the Strat Up Committee, even though I don't like that name. <laughs> it doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't. It's Strat Up. Ah. I know. It's you have to explain what it means. Well, it's, uh, it's like a combination, like strategy, operation, and I think finance is in there somewhere. It is. Yeah. It's the silent F. So they don't want to do strat up oh, fine. How <laughs> about fine? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, yeah. How sort of, operation I guess. Right? Anyway. No, I never liked the saying. So I was um, with my community group, Carol and I, uh, with whom we've been since 1989. Wow. The year after right. I graduated from high school. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ooh. Just that, to put it in perspective. That hurts. <laughs> yeah, so we have the Wilsons, we have the Spricks, we have the Posts. What's that? Oh, okay. Sure. Now, now it really hurts. <laughs> Maybe we should take you back to the nursery right now. <laughs> and the Gritters. And uh, we were at the Wilson's Cottage, and I'm like, you know, I got to do this presentation tomorrow. And it's like, so what's the announcement? What's the decision? And it's like, there is not an announcement. There's not a decision. It's a process. It's a process that all of you and in, in, in the entire congregation has been invited and, and is continuing to be invited into the process. But it's more of an update, a report on what that, where that conversation is going and you know, how it's being informed by the spirit and how it's being informed by input that we're getting from all of those who are uh, interested in the process and, 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 and willing to kind of put that input in there. So it really is that. There is not a decision at this point, and, and it's not something that's going to come out of a small little room, you know, where people are huddled together and, oh, okay, we got it, you know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a congregational process that's occurring. So that's, you know, that's where we're at, and that's kind of the update, I think. That's a good way to put that. And I like the way that, uh, you know, we, we're thinking of it as a process of discerning who we'd like to be and what we're going to do to realize that vision, reorganizing to accomplish that work, moving forward, focus on that vision, and reassessing regular, I'm an evaluator, and reassessing regularly, to me, resonates. So every step of the way, you have been and are continuing to be invited in the process. And that's really exactly why we keep you know, talking about this, putting in aid news, et cetera. So just so that is clear, I think that's helpful. So we want to talk, John and I want to talk about where we have been, where we are, what we hope, what we value, uh, what we will do, who will do it, and by when, and where we go next. So that's kind of how we're laying just that out. Just a little bit of stuff. Just, <laughs> yeah, just not a problem. Yes, easy, easy <laughs> stuff. So where we have been, and we talked about this a little bit uh, the last time we talked about strap up process when we were here in the evening, on a Sunday evening. Um, I want to just as a reminder to show you here is an e-news article that talks about, hey, we're going to be doing this. 
uh, this coming Sunday, uh, January 21st, way back in January. Um, we are going, J Pastor John will share about the Stratop, an upcoming strategic planning process for our church that will help us develop a five to seven year vision and plans for living into it. All right, so way back when we've kind of brought this up. And um, I think this is my, my, my um, version of it, but the admin board had talked about this before. And they figured that Tom Clegg, that's a picture of Tom Clegg here, who has been John's coach for really since you've been here. Ten years. At least yeah. ten years, yeah. Uh, would probably be about the best person to lead us through this process. And the process is called Stratop. It is what it is. And those are the steps there. <laughs> and uh, I think the admin board sat, there, sat down to try to figure out who would be good to ask beyond this team. And these are the folks that are on the team, and several of you are here. And if right. you're here, would you stand up? Yes, well, thank you. Would you stand up? And Mark's just here. Laura's there. Rick yeah, here. Laura's yeah, Chris. Chris. Jana. Jordan. Jana is yeah, Jana. Josh there, is Jana. Yeah. So about half of you are here, so thank you. That's better than being half here, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Half of you are completely here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and, and we had a two-part process for bringing, we didn't want this to be a group think kind of a thing. So of course we wanted to go to, to the Lord and, and, and make sure that we are availing ourselves and paying attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So our own, Chris Vandersee. I couldn't cut uh, Krista's picture out because that arm was like, like this. <laughs> And I, 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 no, people would wonder what that is. So, Krista, you're in on it. And and Deb Cox and, and Ted is cut out of this one. Oh no! Oh no! Because I, I had enough space to you know cut them out. But they led us uh, in a variety of ways, both you know as as members of the straight up team, elders. Every one of the elders were contacted. And I think on a Sunday morning or two, uh, people were invited to be on that team. And then I think Deb Cox especially, she'd be connecting, right? And uh, Chris would use high tech like Google Docs and whatever. And he would give us a little, yeah, verse and, you know, tell us to keep, keep focused, you know. So we really did leave this open to prayer. And I think we did a good job of that. I, I felt like we did. Mm -hmm. Um, we also had a questionnaire where we were kind of looking at the will of the, of the people. And Jordan, did you have a hand in this The questionnaire? I think maybe you were one of our main authors, you and Crystal. So we had some vision-related questions. What is your vision for the, the church? What do you sense is God's preferred future for the church? What five to ten words would you use to describe the current identity of, church, of our church? And then some mission-related questions. In what ways do you see Fifth Church being good news to the city of Grand Rapids? And what opportunities might we be missing to be good news to our city and community? And then also on that questionnaire, we had some discipleship-related questions. Uh, are you being discipled at Fifth Church? If not, what could be available or how could you be better resourced? Are you engaged in discipling others? And if so, how? And then finally, we had some community-related questions. In what ways do we resemble the vision of community in, that we see in Acts 2? And what are our areas of potential growth in this, in this regard? And what about fifth, are you excited to invite others to? 
What about fifth makes you apprehensive to invite others? I think those are like super important questions. And, and, and several of you delved into it and, and we're thankful for that. And, and we brought that to the group and we talked about it and that was super, super helpful. So those are two ways that we really try to reach out of ourselves as a group to discern uh, the will of God and the will of the people, et cetera. So we had a meeting uh, way back in March. I think the questionnaire might, questionnaire might have gone out towards the end of February, beginning of March. And then we met in the middle of March, the eyes of March for some reason. <laughs> and that's meaningful in my view. And there are six steps in this process. And the first step is perspective. And we spent three days on perspective, which sounds a little bit like overkill until you realize that you know, the congregation especially is a complex system. In order to really understand a complex system, you need to dig deep. And if you ever study systems thinking and complexity, you will run across this iceberg model where the, just the tip of it is what's actually happening. And below that are patterns of behavior and certain m mental models, et cetera, that kind of drive things. And you need to get an understanding of that. You need to spend a lot of time thinking, prayer, praying, and talking about it. Three days in perspective. Uh, we had these uh, various activities that we did during those times, and we talked about two of them, right? We talked about the turning point profile, and we talked about the helpful lists the last time we got together. Uh, I did the turning point profile, and what that is is kind of looking back and trying to see how things have unfolded and if we find any patterns of behavior, et cetera, that we can learn about ourselves by doing that. Yeah, they say hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's really true. And as we start to look back, we saw that really in the 1996, 98, 2003, 2004, we made a strenuous effort to really bring ourselves, you know, into the will of God. And I think we did a really, really good job. We had some amazing leaders, and I was part of some of that. That Focus Your Ministry, I thought, was a very, very good process. Um, however, despite that, we ran, a, you know, we, we ran into some a couple of years where things weren't going that well. Maybe I'm overstating it by putting it in the color red. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> epic fail might be overstating it, but <laughs> trying to make a point. And then in 2007, we had to kind of regroup. We did a, uh, a, a self-study, uh, a church profile. We were getting ready to call a, a pastor somewhere out there. And that, that helped us sort of gain some perspective again. And then we called John in 2008. Uh, we made some healthy changes. We have a new vision. We're kind of going. We had some, one, at least a, one hiccup, uh, a couple hiccups maybe in the 20, 2014, 2015 era. Uh, you know, Bruce Mulder left. There was some grieving with that. Um, I think maybe there was some changes in the way we did the scheduling, and there was some grieving in that. So we, we, we struggled a little bit, and then we kind of got back on track. So that's kind of what we talked about last time with the turning point. We're looking for turning points and try to understand ourselves. And then we also talked about the fourth helpful list, and John is going to talk about this more because we got together and we, first of all, we did the four helpful lists as a group, as a strat group. 
And these are uh, what we came up with, what is right, what is wrong, what is confused, what is missing. And out of that, kind of our core issues. And from the core issues, then we come up with strategies. And then from that, we kind of work on our vision and mission, which John will be talking about. So that was a hugely important focusing, I think, um, exercise for us. I think we all felt like that was useful. Marcia, you agree with me? Yes, OK. Um, and from that, and, and, and after this, I'm handing it back over to John, but uh, we had these four strategies that we jumped right into. We did not delay. We had uh, a prayer initiative. We felt like we need to jump on uh, communication upgrade, pastoral care 2.0, we're calling it, and then a discipleship pathway. Uh, with the prayer initiative, Deb Cox on the elder team, you know, started the you know, has already started to put together a task force and is moving ahead with that, and we want to kind of, you know, dovetail with that. Um, communication upgrade, our own Rick uh, led an effort to kind of really think about that, and we uh, took advantage of one of our members, Jennifer Vandermolen, who is a communication expert, has worked with the RCA, and she's really given us some help with that. And then pastoral care uh, 2.0, um, Amy, is Amy here? Amy Ingersoll is leading that effort through the elders, plus um, Clyde Richardson. Hey, hi, Amy. How you doing? And then Clyde Richardson also is maybe kind of doing some focusing on recovery and, and support and that sort of thing. And so we're already moving on all of these. And discipleship pathway, I think maybe you might have more to say about that, but we're, we want to really give people who are ready to, you know, feeling um, willing and able to move into that direction. I think maybe Josh might be moving in. Uh, helping us with that particular area, but all four of those we jumped right into. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Jan, Jan and I are just trying to cover four big sections tonight, where we've been. That's what Jan just did, and we, we want to call timeout after each section and see if any of you have any questions or thoughts or uh, anything else that you'd like to share. So the the where we've been with regard to the Stratop process specifically, like how we got started on this and where we are right now. Is all, everybody feeling okay with that? Okay, good, good. Then the, the next one really is where we've been and what we hope for. Oh, you, oh, you have a remote, you're like all cool. I know, I know. Isn't how do you use this remote? Don't push Just that part, push that part. Okay, don't push the Band-Aid side. <laughs> <coughs> so the, the where we've been, that's just what we've covered already. And then this is, okay. Aha, uh -huh, look at that. So this section, second section, where we are, what we hope, and what we value. So out of that first strat-op retreat of kind of gaining perspective on things, we uh, entered this second one, which really took uh, both that information and the information that uh, many of you were here when we did the four helpful lists exercise at the April Leadership Community. So we took all of that information, and there were about 80 people from the church here that night, and kind of factored it all together to move forward. So that's, that's kind of what we started with. So again, the four helpful lists thing in which you participated in April was very helpful. There's no way you can read this, but I just want to show you that we did it. <laughs> every single response from every single team was tabulated and recorded in a spreadsheet, and we kind of poured over this information and created a summary. Uh, so this, this is the summary of the input of those 80 people who participated that in those four groups in April. And remember, there's the four questions. What's going right? What's wrong? What's confused? And what's missing? So in general, 
those 80 people agreed that what's going right is that we seem to be a pretty welcoming congregation. We greet people with warmth and a smile and are open in that way. That we're a caring congregation. Uh, we, we do well at caring for one another. Um, uh, I often refer to us as our congregation as a card-writing machine. I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, but we write notes of encouragement and coming alongside and grieving. and I mean, all of that. It's just incredible. So really, it, we're a caring group for one another. Uh, that group identified as, as what's going right, strong leadership and staff. Uh, a strong, gifted core congregation is what's going right. And also the church plants in which we're engaged seem to be going right, increasing the footprint of the kingdom in, in the community. So what's wrong? Communication. It's funny. Communication showed up in all three of the sections down here. <laughs> so we know, and we're working on that, right? But th this is just a summary. What, what should we be working on? Communication, lack of clarity of organizational structure. Who do I go to for what? Who's doing what? How do I get in? You know, who do I talk to? Um, volunteer burnout, meaning uh, especially coming off the two-service thing, right? When we vastly increased the number of volunteers needed on a Sunday morning, we learned that that wasn't necessarily sustainable at this point in our congregation's life. Lacking a culture of prayer. We, we pray, um, but there's, there's a next level, right? There's a deeper level. There's more to pursue there. And so the, the 80 people gathered said, that's wrong. We need to fix that. And a lack of uh, clarity for Christian education in K through 12 curriculum. Um, that came up in almost, in almost all of them. Just a plan. Uh, what, how will we think about education and discipleship for children K through 12 and what is the systematic approach to that? So that if a student moves through that pattern, they've experienced some kind of planned approach to their formation and education in the, in the, in the congregational life of the church. Uh, what's confused? <coughs> Our core identity as a church came up in, in all four of those groups. A, a vision for discipleship. Um, not so much understanding that we need to do discipling, but a vision for it, meaning what will it actually look like? Uh, that, that's what's, what's confused. Uh, the status and role of community groups. It, uh, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern there, so that was feeling confused to people. And what's missing? Adult education, formation experiences. Really, this, this adult ed and the community groups thing kind of went together because there were, um, I, I think what we've learned is when we leaned into the community groups, we were trying to provide a simple, single pathway for people to experience belonging. And it's clear that a single, simple pathway for people to experience belonging doesn't work well for us. We need multiple pathways. So the, the struggle is you can't just rev up, you know, 100 programs to try to catch everybody who wants a specific thing, but y maybe you need a, more than a single thing. So I think that's what we learned there. So different places to connect and intentional formation for adults as well as, as K through 12 uh, students. Uh, what's missing, consistent outreach to the community and cultural diversity, you know, conversation about cultural issues, racial issues, the makeup of our, of our congregation and how it uh, parallels or doesn't our immediate community uh, around us and, and just having conversation about that, being more intentional about that. So that's what we said as a congregation and it was incredibly helpful. Actually, thank you. If you participated in this survey at the beginning or in this four helpful lists exercise, that, that was incredibly valuable information and at least in terms of my 10 years as part of this congregation, 
I, I feel like that this has garnered the greatest congregational participation of any kind of planning effort which we have undertook to date, at least in my experience. So I love that because, uh, kind of like Jan said, this is a process. The last thing we want is all of us as a, as a church to experience this strat-up thing as a small group of leaders going off in a room and deciding what to do because that is not what we want to do. What we're trying to do is decide together who we will be, uh, where we will go, and how we will do that. It's, there's no them. It's just us, right? And, and we're building a bigger we is, is kind of the way I'm talking about. Yeah, Carol. Could, could I hand you the mic really quick, Carol? Because we're trying to record this so people who aren't here are able to um, participate. I think so. that would be a really good slide to include in e-news. So okay. people who aren't here, it really looks like you're listening. Okay, when great. you go through that. So share this really more good broadly. List. Yeah, like okay. one little line includes a lot of things. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get this out there a little further. Uh, thanks, Marcia. Yeah. Um, yeah, so four helpful lists. So uh, where, where we are, that's that exercise, right? So that we took this along with other uh, information into our second retreat, which were uh, Friday, August 17th and the 18th, uh, uh, a weekend ago, a weekend ago, yeah. And we went into planning and thinking about action, the next few steps. So the, the small print, uh, if you participated in the process, it makes sense. If you didn't, it, it's a lot of information, I know. The straight-out planning process involves a facilitator leading you through exercises. And there is, there is essentially no time during the process where an individual or a group is asked to go off and kind of talk amongst themselves, excuse me, and then come back with something to share with, with the group. We do a couple little breakout things, but just for a couple minutes, and it's all in the same room. Um, so it's a facilitated process from beginning to end. And there are, um, I don't know what you call them, team exercises, modules? What, would you, what word would you use for that? Um, tools? Yeah, but they're, they're clearly crafted processes that are driven by questions and you discuss these questions and answer them, and it, it just kind of keeps you moving forward in this conversation about who you are and what you value as a church and, and maybe who you'd like to be. And it was a very interesting process from my perspective. So one of the things that we did was we, we did a, mis a mission and vision exercise. And um, let, me, let me just preclude a question I know that some of you might have in your minds, which is, are we changing our mission statement? You know, from growing disciples who make disciples to this new fancy thing on the screen. The answer is no, right? This, this was just intended to be an internally facing statement. And the way we got here was fascinating. Remember this team? We, we put, I don't know how many words we had on the whiteboard. If we had one word, we had 100. It was probably more than that. And... Uh, the whole whiteboard was full of words in different categories, kind of action words, and I can't remember all that, but there were nouns and, and all sorts of words. And then we had to start erasing words. <laughs> you know, you had to pick your top 20 in this list, and your top 20, then you had to narrow it down to 10, and then to 5. And you had to keep narrowing words down that, that seemed to describe you. And then when you've narrowed it down to just a few words, you have to use those words to create a mission statement. And so that was the exercise that we went through. So we came up with this. We exist to abide in Christ, to equip and empower disciples, to proclaim the gospel and serve the world. And 
Um, honestly, if you've been around church life for, for some time, this is not rocket science, right? Christians almost always end up with our mission being to worship God, uh, to make disciples reach the world, right? Because that is the simple biblical mission. I mean, the, the task to which God has given the church. So we, we, we did this exercise, and then, uh, then we went on to a vision exercise. Now, the two are different. Mission is what we're doing. Vision is what things will actually look like in the future if we chase after that mission uh, with, with good effort. So to that end, let me hand this out. Could you help, Chad? Could I recruit your help, too? Hand these guys out. Rick, could you help, too? Let me save one of those. And this is uh, just the, the vision side of this. There's the core value side, but look at the vision side. So this is, this is actually from a printed uh, summary of all the work that we've done so far as a team that's prepared by the consultant. It's a very interesting book. He just takes all the exercises, and it kind of looks like this at the end. It's called the Stratop Playbook, and it records all of the value that you added in the, in the process going through this. So you, again, you can't, you can't read it up here. That's why I wanted you to have it in hand. Uh, you don't have to read it all right now, but I wanted you to see what the team came up with. So in terms of the vision, there were these three big categories, where we stand now, where we're headed, and how we'll get there. Uh, so I said you don't have to read it, but I'm, I changed my mind. I'm just going to read it. Because this is, this is pretty significant value, and it's another place where we'd love your input. If you look at these lists and you think, hey, you missed something, uh, please say that in a moment, right? And we'll, and we'll write that down. Uh, but otherwise, this is what we discussed as a team. Where we stand now, we're talking about discipleship. We misunderstand discipleship. We are under-equipping uh, followers of Christ in church. We want to be discipled. People don't feel equipped or empowered. Serving the world is mostly up to missionaries. Uh, uh, we, we might tend into a paternal approach to the less fortunate. We proclaim the gospel to the congregation, uh, implication being maybe not more broadly than that right now. Uh, feels like majority have a consumer relationship to fifth. And again, remember, this is just brainstorming. You don't have to agree with, with all of these. We, quote, worship without abiding. Uh, so this idea of maybe doing church, but uh, for, for some, maybe not necessarily seeking the Lord, abiding in Christ, making it a daily kind of thing. We're deeply siloed. And people doing ministry can, can function over here and over here and over here, but coordination seems to be lacking. We need to learn to say no. Uh, the idea that the, you know, bad isn't the enemy of best. Good is the enemy of best. So having that kind of discerning. Uh, we face great time pressure in our culture. We need to be better storytellers, celebrating the wins. We need an internal culture shift to live on mission. Uh, perspective is that fatigue is hindering service. And if we really go after a vision, we would likely lose some people. Um, so where we're headed. And again, this is what it kind of looks like. Again, just brainstorming. Neighborhood where others care for each other, mentoring, serving, loving. So our, our presence in the community would begin to change the neighborhood in noticeable ways. We'll look different and more diverse. Uh, a, a miraculous occurrence 
meaning if we lean into the gifts and kind of works of Jesus, we might see more healings, kind of like we've already experienced in the congregation, actually. A, a resource to our larger community, moving within the community to, to serve better, to better serve. Greater impact at lower cost, lower numbers of dollars uh, in terms of impacting people. Adding to our houses to serve others. That meant up your personal home, that there'd be such a vision in the hearts of Christ followers that we would transform our homes into places of serving and outreach to other, other people. Uh, and then I just lost my place. There we go. Planted, we've planted uh, five new churches at least. Uh, people reorienting their, their serve, their networks, and neighborhoods. Uh, increased lay liter- leadership. Deeply aware of the hopes, needs, et cetera, of our community. A leadership paradigm shift. Uh, and, you know, this is from program accomplishment to people development. From uh, uh, discipleship as large group process to discipleship as individual reproducing process, that, that kind of paradigm shift. Coming out of a time of great pain and loss, fifth will have changed, meaning that change always involves some grieving, you know, because all change is initially experienced as loss accompanied by grief and met with resistance. It's just who we are, right? It's hard to change. Uh, elephants are game and carpets aren't lumpy, <laughs> meaning if there's an elephant in the room, we can talk about it directly. And the mauve lumpy carpet is gone. So that vision has been accomplished. I'm glad to say the carpet is no longer lumpy. Uh, Suffering some kinds of persecution met with joy. Greater ministry partnerships. uh, Blessed response of healing prayer. We celebrate very well. We introduce many people to Jesus. Lots of baptisms. Playgrounds and coffee shops. Meaning we're connecting with people where we are in the community. The, The congregation isn't our audience. The world is our audience. Uh, we listen to and are led by young people. Reduced crime and divorce and addiction. Again, noticeable impact in the community. Reduced per capita giving. Just want to see if you're listening. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, a vision of the future, we would have reduced per capita giving. Tell me why. More people and what kinds of people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diverse people. New to the idea that giving is a spiritual thing, right? Uh, Fascinating, right? I can't remember what our per capita giving was, but it absolutely blew Tom, our consultant, away. (laughs) He said, he said, oh, your congregation per capita giving, you are way, way above the national average in per capita giving. And what that means is there aren't too many people who are new to the faith in our midst uh, because we have a whole bunch of mature folks. And uh, that's great, right? And it's not. Uh, We need to get those who are growing connected more deeply with those who are mature. And and how can we make that? So so it really is a goal. We would have reduced per capita giving in in the future. Uh, At least 10 missional communities, meaning smaller groups of people organized around a people group in the community whom they're intentionally trying to engage and reach with the good news of Christ. And uh, regular Lord's Supper. That was a theme. I think some in our group would like to celebrate weekly. Me included. Maybe someday we can talk about that. (laughs) Uh, And then how we'll get there. Let go of the right things. Be prepared to see an increase in spiritual activity. Uh, Seek the Lord 
and pray. Examine our blind spots and barrier-making. Pray for courage. Cast the vision. Honestly declare the costs. Surrender. Lead by example. Feel the weight of sin, pain, and burdens of our church, community, and world. You know, empathize. Reflect and repent. Align the culture to the mission. Find willing partners. Care well for ourselves. Widen leadership. Take risks. Embrace failure. Open our calendars and homes. Have to be crystal clear in communicating what we're doing and uh, create space for stories, spaces for stories, you know, telling, telling more stories, uh, kind of like we have been doing this summer with the stories old and new, you know, the, the faith stories that people have been sharing. So that was a very fruitful exercise. It took us a lot longer than I, it took just to read those. You can imagine this team working on this and getting it all up on the board, but it's, it's valuable, and I wanted to put it in your hands uh, for that reason. And then, and then we kind of went on, and I think I'll, yeah, so... Can I go back, Jan? Band-Aid, Band-Aid is back, okay. Um, then if you just go flip side, you know, you go, you go mission, vision, and then you talk core values. And for me, this, is, this, is, this was one of the, uh, I, I would say, probably most powerful exercises. I, it probably wasn't for the whole team, but for, just for me personally, it was a powerful one because of the way it emerged in our group. We talked about some things, and... I thought trying to name core values, when I've done these exercises before, you end up with this big list and you're kind of thinking, well, we value that and we kind of value that and yeah, we value that and, and you know, the kind of, kind of typical Christian thing. We have a lot of value. We value scripture. We value the orthodox expression of the Christian faith. We value prayer. We value, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we value, but what really are your core values? What really drive, drives us as a congregation? I felt really good about this. Um, some are aspirational, I think. I mean, the lacking prayer culture and then putting prayer right at the top as the number one value, that we value prayer. We, we actually value seeking Jesus and asking what the Lord would like of us and not just trying to figure it out on our own, but really leaning in uh, because we don't just say we believe something, we really believe something. And we believe that the Lord is guiding us in that. And so... We, we value that, and at the same time, it's an aspirational value that we would, you know, do that, engage in that even more. So greater organization and dependence on prayer, uh, expanding the family of God. This, this congregation has a long history of investment in mission. I mean, there, there is just a heart present in this, in this church and has been for, uh, for decades to reach the world with, with the good news of the gospel, and that hasn't changed. We, uh, our most recent wonderful celebration in this regard was our good friend Betty Delbridge who came to faith and I think she shared in her story that the way she uh, decided to come to faith was she got a postcard in the mail not this past Easter but the Easter before she got that postcard and she said you know if I ever go back to church I might go to that church because they hosted trunk or treat and I took my grandson there and it looks like a nice place so she held on to that postcard all year came this Easter has been connected ever since and, of course, was baptized not long ago. So from postcard to baptism, I mean, that's a story to celebrate, right? Uh, we want more of that. So anyway, these values, prayer, expanding the family, desire for personal growth. There's a heart in our, in our midst that we want to grow in the Lord. And um, there, there, there's a kind of a, sometimes can be a dissatisfaction with the status quo. We want more. Uh, we want to be more like Christ and have a bias for action, not just thinking about stuff. Uh, we value trustworthy leaders. Um, 
in specifics, kind of confident followership with a permission-given culture, and we value belonging, kind of sense of connectedness. And uh, the specific thing that we value is that the pathway to belonging would be barrier-free in our congregation, that when somebody came in, they could find a place to fit and call home, you know, not just as a home church, but, but relationally with other people and be part of a family. So those were the values that we had. So that, that kind of got to, you know, where we are, what we hope, and what we value. The hope is the vision part, and the values are, are these things. So, again, the danger is, you know, drinking from a fire hose. I get that. Uh, but what do you think about this? Any questions or thoughts or comments about the vision piece or the core values piece or the four helpful lists piece? And it's an ongoing conversation, right? It's not like you lose your opportunity to <laughs> have input into these things. So if you have thoughts that you'd rather not share in a large group, I, we as a team would love, love to hear those. Um, so yeah, Doug. Uh, oh, wait, can you grab the mic, Doug? We're recording this, so we want to make sure everybody can hear. Uh, Doug Higby. So uh, in the um, how we'll get there column, um, it struck me as a lot of these are more abstract. And what I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, well, what are the things that we're going to do to get there? It's so coming. I'm maybe, okay. It's coming. It's coming. Actually, it's coming right now. I think, <laughs> I think unless there are other questions. And Jan's up for what we will do, who will do it, and by when. <laughs> and I won't stand behind you this time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, I did mention that, um, let's see, this is a slide for questions, and there's a slide. Okay, what we will do, who will do it, and by when. I was involved with the Focus uh, Your Ministry process, which I think was right around the the turn of the century, 2001, 2002, somewhere around there where we did that, and it was a huge effort, and it was, I think, a very fruitful effort, and I really enjoyed being part of that, and I remember having all kinds of really, really good recommendations that came out of it, and feeling very hopeful about that, and I think maybe some of you may have been a part of that, too. And then we had the executive council or committee, forget what they call it, but anyway, they took that and then they said, we see the need for restructuring our leadership. So some recommendations came out of that, realizing that for these recommendations to come, you know, bear fruit, that needed to happen. Now, as I said, somehow that didn't completely connect. And I think part of the reason is that we didn't go through this very process here where we took those recommendations and said, now, how do we do this? Who's going to be taking this on? Who, and how's this going to happen? How are we going to keep track of it, et cetera? So I think that uh, we are doing something a little bit different than we did with the Focus Room Ministry that I think will be helpful, uh, up to and including keeping the congregation involved and, and, and keeping the Holy Spirit you know, at, at the forefront and, and listening to that. So 
as I think about the past and you know, what has happened, I think that that's a difference that we're doing right now. So we talked about these items. We talked about drivers. We talked about risks. And we talked about those things that we think that is important to do now. Win, circle, what's important now. And then we created an action initiative profile. And that action initiative profile had objectives. And then within those objectives, we kind of broke it down a little bit. We chose someone who will take the lead on that. And then we want to measure what's happening as we move forward uh, based on what we decide to do as those various teams are formed. Uh, and then that's what the last one, champions, team leaders, uh, and team members. So I think this is the follow through that we need to do to make this go. So we had a, what's called a dashboard. And on that dashboard, we had drivers and we had risks and we had what we called a ministry model. And this in front of you are the ministry drivers. They might also be called facilitators. So those aspects of, of church activity that really should help us move forward you know, on the things that we feel that the Spirit is asking us to do. Now, you need to understand the color and the arrows and, and that sort of thing. So the red, those things that are red, are indicate absolutely has to change right now. So, for instance, the prayer. We need to, we need to really get a handle on our prayer, for, prayer life and move through on that. And then yellow needs to be watched carefully or could become red very carefully. That's how we interpreted that. We have at least two there, yellow. And then green is all is good, maintain and accelerate growth. Nothing is green here. All needs work. And then we had arrows or a line. And then the arrows, we either have an arrow pointing forward, means improving, or a line with no arrow, which means stagnant, or an arrow pointing backwards, which means declining, and we need to reverse that. So that's the symbols that, uh, that we use in our discussion as we were looking at this dashboard. So these are the ministry drivers, prayer. I, I guess none of them should be um, surprising. Prayer, communication, pastoral care, discipleship, organization, and belonging. And you can see that they tie into our core values. They kind of played out right through them. So we looked at those as our drivers, things that we need to emphasize. If it's red, we need to work on it now. If it's got a line through it, we need to make sure that it's moving forward. And, um, and then we see that they're all on the lower side of the scale. So every one of these need attention. And then we had what's called a risk pyramid. And a risk could also be thought of as, like as a barrier, something that is keeping us from getting um, to the next stop, to the next place that we want to be to. So leadership repro reproduction, strategy execution, prayerlessness, change resistance, and tyranny of the urgency. We all seem to be so busy. Those all seem to be areas that are actually working against our efforts and, and, and working against the efforts of the Holy Spirit to move through through our body. And you can see that we have leadership reproduction as being sort of stagnant, not quite red, but we're not in the place where we need to be to 
reproduce leaders. Strategy execution is actually red and going backwards. That's probably one of the worst areas there. And, but it's the area, too, that we're trying to get the congregation in on uh, in a corporate sense, where we're thinking strategy. Yes? Oh, right. Okay, so I probably took a nap during that time. It, two long days, really, two eight-hour days. You can't really hear everything. Okay, so those are improving. Prayerlessness, red, but improving. Uh, change resistance, change is always difficult. And although we're not in the red, we are also stagnant. And then a cheered urgency, I think, is a symptom of the Western culture. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way, but it certainly is something that we have to address. And then what we did is we had this dashboard where you had the risk pyramid or the barriers on one side, and you had the ministry drivers or the facilitators on the other side. And we went through this very uncomfortable exercise of trying to look into the future and trying to see what maybe the numbers might look like if we did start listening to the Holy Spirit, if we did start having that kind of follow through. And I don't know if anybody was really comfortable with this process, it was difficult. And so we tried to think about today and 2020 and 2025, what would it look like? What would weekend attendance look like? What would children, youth, and small groups, those numbers look like? Outreach, church plants, special ministries, revenue. What would that look like? It, and, and I think the, the idea was to get us to think very concretely about the future. I think maybe you've heard of SMART goals, right? So specific and measurable and achievable and relevant and time-based, et cetera. So you really do need to think about those things to really get a sense about where you're going. So that's important, but it was not comfortable. Um, but we did go through that process. Now, I wanted to point this out because it's not all about numbers. This is a quote uh, from Niels Bohr, who's a physicist. I first heard this through Dave Bass, of all people, who's not a physicist, but anyway. Uh, there are trivial truths and the great truths. The opposite of a trivial truth is plainly false, but the opposite of a great truth is also true. I'm bringing this up because I don't want us to overly focus on the numbers, if you're wondering why am I going here. But I had this brilliant idea of creating coffee mugs that would have sayings on, two sayings, one on each side, that would be opposite of each other, but they're both true. And I would call them boar mugs. So Pinterest, or where do I go with that? Thank you. Etsy. Etsy, exactly. Okay, a boar mug might have fools rush in where angels fear to tread, but on the other side, he who hesitates is lost. All right, okay, so they're both true, right? Or if you're thinking about what we're thinking about now on a dashboard and what should we look forward to, what gets measured gets done, right? Very quantitative, let's go for it. But then also not everything that counts can be counted, not everything that can be counted counts, which is also true. So we need to look at numbers, but we also need to look at stories, hear stories, testimonies, et cetera, right? So we, I think we need to hold those in creative tension. I just wanted to throw that out there because I certainly felt very uncomfortable with that whole process, that whole exercise, coming up with numbers. Anyway, uh, coming out of uh, those core values, we came up with seven activities that we thought, this is important now. What's important now? W-I-N, what's important now? 
And we said that these are the initiatives that we want to move forward on and bring to you as a congregation. Prayer initiative, discipleship pathway, leadership reproduction, uh, communication, improved organization, pastoral care 2.0, and increased sense of belonging. So you can see some of the stuff that we had talked about already, you know, the last time that we got together are still coming through which is not surprising. But those are the seven areas, the initiatives that we want to really kind of follow through and we want to bring you in on if you are interested in, in participating. So we created this action initiative profile, which you cannot see from where you're sitting, but um, they were based off those segment activities. And just so that you can see, uh, we have objectives for each one of them. So fifth is led by the Holy Spirit in prayer. We want that to be true about our body. Fifth is really growing disciples to make disciples. We're not kidding. It's actually happening. Fifth is reproduce, reproducing leaders at every level. Fifth, communicates clearly. Fifth is organized to partner with God in his redemptive mission to the world. That's the organizing piece of it. Fifth is caring well for each other. Fifth is a community of belonging. So these are objectives that we want to meet, and we want to appoint a leader, and we want that leader to sort of gather other people who are interested in pursuing this. Uh, and it doesn't, it's not just on the Stratop team, but it's anybody who really feels like they uh, have a passion for this. And then we want to move forward on this, where we want to create, a, and I think this is what John's going to talk about, you know, create some plans, some action plans, and, and kind of move forward on this. So I think this is where we kind of move past and, and, and do a little bit more than we did with the Focus Your Ministry. So I'm very, very hopeful about this. So are there questions on that little process? And then John's going to bring us home on it. Next slide, just one Yes. Second. So just to clarify this, we did, there are, there are leaders named for this. So Chris Vanderzee, wave your hand, Chris, everybody has you, is leading the prayer team. Uh, now, now there's, there's coordination here because we launched four task forces after the last uh, retreat, so we, we have to coordinate work, but the idea is that we'll have seven teams working with people who've already been working on this, uh, but going after this. Fifth is led by the Holy Spirit in prayer. Key deliverables, training all ages to pray, corporate worship has more prayer, collect and share stories, requests, new opportunities. So we have, we have a team with an objective with several key deliverables. We have a leader, and what uh, Jan didn't put in here is we wrote down dates here too uh, when that leader is going to build a team and go after these key deliverables by a specified date and right now we're just uh, listening and making some recommendations there's no implementation yet because the coordination structuring piece is what will be covered at our next retreat at the end of September uh, but Chris is leading prayer I'm leading the reproducing discipling conversation yeah Jordan Okay, I, do you want to hear the dates? Shout them out? Sure. So what's for prayer, Jordan? June 1st? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, June 1st for prayer. December 31st for discipleship. April 1st for leadership development pathway. March 31st. Uh, because they had to beat that team by one day uh, <laughs> for c communication. 
<laughs> communication plan. Oh, I'm sorry. Chris Vanderzee for prayer. Me for the reproducing discipleship conversation. Pastor Josh for leadership development. Uh, Jordan Hum for communications. And, and then uh, Jan Fields for organizational conversations. And that is May 1st. And by the by, that team's going to have to integrate very closely with what happens at our next Stratop retreat because we're talking about structure and organization at that point as well. Uh, and then pastoral care 2.0. So just full transparency here. We we picked a leader from the congregation. We put her name there. We just haven't told her yet. <laughs> <laughs> so we figured we should white it out for now, so that you know, just in case she was here, and who knows, she might be. She's, she's not, but uh, we need to get to her, and so there's no date on the, the advanced congregational care piece. Uh, but fifth is a community of belonging. We've got five, and that's, that's Laura Danielson has taken that on, and um, uh, August 1st, yep. And, uh, yeah, and I won't, I won't read the whole thing to you. If, if you would like a printout of this page, like you have printouts of the other page, happy to, happy to do that for you. Amy, was that a, yeah, I'd like one? Okay, sure. Yeah, I can, I'll, I'll make some after the meeting here, and we can, uh, anybody who would like one can have one. Sorry, I hijacked the Q&A time, just I thought that that, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Lori. Let's get you on mic here. I've been involved in VBS, I don't even know how many years, and this year was different. Yeah. And uh, it was so noticeable, yeah. a shout out to Krista, who led us in yes. prayer. And it wasn't just, okay, everybody bow your head and pray. She had different ways. And it was so effective and so awesome. And so uh, I don't know what date you have up there for you know, embedding stuff in prayer, but she, the whole VBS team ran with that, and I, for one, was touched, noticed, yeah. an enhancement from previous VBSs. Yeah. Do you want to say anything about that, Jana? No, but I... Oh, grab the mic, will you? <laughs> no, but yes. No, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you must might want me to. Um, that was intentional this year, mm-hmm. but had I not been in straight up, you know, in March, it may not have, I may not have uh, gone after some things that, you know, may have taken too much time, you know, in the past right. or whatever. So yeah. it, it, I would say that probably it did come out of some of our, some of our visioning early on and straight up. Yeah. You know. I totally agree with that, Lori. I, there was a noticeable difference that there was an organized prayer effort for VBS. Any other question? Q&A? No? I'm good? Okay. Well, really, so that's uh, section three. Section four, we, I kind of covered just really quick already, but just where we go next, uh, September 29th is the final planning retreat. This one is just a one-day retreat. That's a Saturday. So we'll come back together. The, those teams that you saw have been asked to to the leaders have been asked to build a team and to meet at least once with their team prior to our retreat on September 29th. So it'll, it's a little bit like 
step on the gas hard and fast, you know, and, and, get, and get this thing going. Um, but that's kind, of, that's kind of the spirit of this. Not that we have to do it quickly, but we want to do it. Uh, we want to gather teams around these things, coordinate effort, and really go after this. Um, so that's, that's really where we're going. Uh, I, I kind of shared my heart on this. I mean, I think it's, it's really critical as a congregation. I feel like from my seat at this point in our history to uh, figure, and, and it's not like we haven't known where we're going. I'm not trying to articulate that, but uh, maybe uh, critical to become very clear on who we want to be, uh, where we want to go, and how we're going to go about doing that. Um, it, we, we, we have been blessed with so many resources. Uh, people, the other people in this room. I mean, are you serious? Look around. It seems this is incredible. Uh, many, many, many churches would just love to have just a sliver of the kind of leaders who are present and call this church home. Uh, so we've been blessed with just capacity uh, for, for leading. We've been blessed with uh, resources uh, uh, financially and, and otherwise. And I, I just always have this, I don't know whether it's pressure or oh, this pressure. I do feel this pressure. I have this thing in my head. It's like, okay, you're pastoring a church and like to whom much has been given, much will be expected. Right, that kind of, we've been given much, right? So I, I really think if we get very clear on who we want to be, where we want to go, and how we want to get there. My sense is great ground can be gained for the kingdom. And again, it's not just us figuring out what we want to do. It's this discernment-based, where's, where's the Lord leading us in this more specifically? So, yeah, that's, that's really it. So where we've been, uh, where we are, what we hope, and what we value, what we will do, who will do it, and by when, and then where we go next. Any, any questions about any of that or comments or thoughts or other kinds of input into, into that conversation or process? Right. Yeah, Lauren, uh, is there a mic around? Very short question. Very short question. <laughs> How can we help? Awesome. Thank you for, for, for asking that. <laughs> Let's do this together. Um, yeah, right, right. Um, well, here's one way. If, if looking at those teams, if any of those piqued your interest and you, you thought, wow, I would love to contribute in, in one of those ways, uh, connect with that, that leader who is building that team because we're building teams and we would love to have people participate in that, you know. Um, uh, I, I think more general ways that all of us as the leadership community of this church can help is to talk about this process. Don't just hold this in your heart. Talk to the people that you know about this. Uh, be influence leaders in the congregation like you already are. Uh, answer questions. Invite questions from people. Uh, certainly, if somebody's struggling with something, hey, pipeline is pipeline is always open to me. I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. I know that anyone on the Stratop team would be happy to talk to anyone anytime about the process in which we've engaged. Um, yeah, Leslie. Oh, s sorry. We'll get you on on mic too, and then. 
Did you talk at all about having being intentional about a multi-generational representation on these teams? We, we certainly talked about it in the planning of the strat-out process. Uh, help me, team. Did we talk about it specifically with those seven teams? The, the, mul the multi-generational conversation came into our conversation many times throughout the, the course of the, the retreat so far. I, to answer the specific question, I can't remember. I know it did for sure specifically when we talked about communication because we... I yes. remember we said, yep. you know, a 20-year-old generally communicates differently nowadays than some of us who are yep. older. And so that was for sure one team that we said, let's make sure we have yes. an intergenerational team so that we're yeah, meeting a variety of needs. We value that, and that should happen. <laughs> really, not just with communication, but with all of these, right? Because that's, an, that's another great strength of our, of our congregation. Yeah, Jenna, can you... Take the mic over here. We talked a lot about giftedness in general, but then specifically, too, about these groups, who, who's gifted and in which way and where, and uh, we brainstormed a lot of people. But the Stratop team itself, going back to the inception of who was on that team to begin with, if you would look at that list, we did try really hard, I think, at that point to try to be multi-generational on, on our team. Yeah. I'm yeah. one of the older ones, yeah. <laughs> but not the oldest. The Stratop team members, any other answers to Lauren's question about how can we help? I said that, you know, if you want to be on a team, talk to the team leader and then, the, you know, be an influence advocate. Any other thoughts about how we as a larger group could help with this process? Marcia? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is maybe just assumed, but of course, just continuing to pray. You know, of course, um, yeah. And Chris, actually, as the prayer leader for the Stratop team, we actually had a document that if... God gave us maybe an image or an impression during prayer that we would put that on that document. And um, so I would just encourage you, if in your prayer time, God is giving you a particular vision or you feel like you're hearing something from God, to pass that on to someone on the Stratop team um, because we are listening to those things and kind of seeing where the Spirit is leading in that. Yeah. Jordan has, yeah. you're not serving on a team, um, that doesn't mean you're not included in the work of those teams. So there could be, oh, you can't hear me, I'm sorry. I said if you, if you don't end up serving on one of these specific teams, that doesn't mean that you're excluded from the processes that happen on those teams. So there could be opportunities where those teams want feedback from the congregation in a variety of different ways. And participate, it's so valuable. I mean, I think John indicated really clearly that the exercise that we did during community leadership, leadership community a few months ago, like that drove the retreat that we just took in immense ways um, that I don't want to understate. So um, what you think and see and what God is saying to you about this church, super, super valuable. And so if you're asked to share that, please do it. Please participate. Um, and if the ways that you're being asked to participate don't work for you, then let us know because we want we want the process of including the congregation to be barrier free. I'll bring the mic to you, Tomas.
So I guess my question is kind of twofold. Um, so you have another, it sounds like the last strat op meeting end of September. Yeah. And you have all these dates that, which I think the plan's fantastic. It's just everything I heard just sounds great. We have those dates out there. What's the plan for follow-up? You know, to throw out yeah. one of Jan's sayings, people respect what you inspect. So how are you going to be tracking right. progress? But I think the second part of that question is, you know, twice I think I've heard Jordan was kind of saying and Marsha was saying, you know, talk about this, share it with people. What's the larger communication plan outside of this to share the successes and the progress? Because it's a great representation of the church here, but it's still you know, the majority can't or don't make it to these meetings. So is there yeah. any other way to share the progress and the successes with the church? Yeah, yeah. One, sounds like you should be on the communication team. <laughs> no. Uh, so the, well, back to the first question, what's the follow-up? So in our, in our agreement with Tom Clegg, the consultant, it includes a quarterly, three quarterly follow-ups uh, for the, for the really the year after we started the process. So he'll come once a quarter from Des Moines to Grand Rapids to lead the Stratop team in a, in a one-day follow-up to the plan. And the, the goal of that is that this, what we've invested in here, then becomes more than a one-off strategic planning process. What we're hoping to do is uh, install the operating system of strategic planning and exactly how to operationalize that into our organization as a church. So it won't conclude after those three quarterly follow-ups. We'll continue doing that. And we'll continue asking, what's the strategic plan? Exactly how will we operationalize priorities? Who will do that by when? So it, re it really is, we didn't just get a project. We bought some software, and we've installed it in the church computer, kind of, as to how we're going to function together. So I'm really excited about that ongoing part. Uh, the communication plan, yeah, we, we just really need to think about that. Thank you for saying that. Uh, we, we record this and send it out to everybody on Tuesday via the e-news, but we get that that doesn't hit everyone either. So I think the communication plan needs to be multifaceted, and it really, that really is the key question that the communication uh, task force team is really thinking about. How do we get stuff like this out there? Because just hosting this and then sending an audio file to everybody as straightforward and as direct as that would seem, that is probably insufficient for communication. So you gotta think about what else will we actually do? How much effort, how many resources can we invest at our size to keep doing things to help people get the message? You know, I mean, it's this whole balance conversation. Um, yeah, is that good enough for right now, Tomas? I mean, yeah, that's the plan. Allison, uh, is the mic around? I think just to supplement that for people who can't listen to for an hour and a half or so. Right, right. Or however, I don't know how long this has been. But um, just a quick Cliff Notes bulleted list of what we covered, with maybe a couple attachments of slides That's or something really like that. That's a really good idea. So, and I'm happy to help with that. Okay. Okay. Yes. We accept. <laughs> <laughs> we could also maybe do a little audio summary, too. Like, we could do an executive summary. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. We're, making, we're getting you some exercise, Marsha. <laughs> it's like opposite corners every time. Um, Tomas, you hit the nail on the head. Like you've touched on a, a 
how this meeting gets communicated is really asking the bigger question about how does anything get communicated, which is why you should be on my team. But um, <laughs> Deb just had a great suggestion, which is that the handouts that we're receiving now and some of the other slides, that could very easily be made available in hard copy form to everybody. Absolutely. Or it could be attached as, a, as PDFs to e-news. So I'll talk with whoever's in charge of that and do that. But does that feel like a good small first step is making the materials from this meeting easy to read, like you said, in, in five minutes, not listen to an hour and a half. Yeah, right. Okay, great. Right. We'll, do, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll try that. Awesome. Yeah. Any other thoughts, questions, observations? Yeah. Well, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, I am very, very grateful to be part of a church where a group this size shows up to figure out what's really going on in the life of the church and cares right, and wants to be a part of that and to, to follow the Lord in that way and contribute. So thank you uh, for being here. The conversation goes on. So if you have more thoughts, please let's keep the conversation going. And we'll, we'll do this again. I think our next leadership community is actually on September 30th, which happens to be the day after our upcoming retreat. So we're thinking about that a little bit. I guess there's a possibility we might move the, the leadership community a week down or something that give us ourselves a little more time to prepare. We're going to think about that, and we'll get back to you on that. But the next leadership community will most likely be reporting out on the, the next retreat as well. So come back. It'll be more of the same talking about structuring. So uh, let, me, let me pray for us. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the truth of the gospel. Uh, Lord, thank you that you're alive right now, that you love us, that you're for us, that you love the world, and that you want everyone everywhere to come back to you, to come home, to know you, uh, that your will is that uh, we would go and make disciples of all nations, not just some disciples in every nation, but that all of the ethnicities, everyone everywhere, would know you and love you and choose to follow you willingly and, and uh, worship with us. So, Show us our little part in that, God. Help us with our own struggles. Uh, banish from us the lies of the enemy, the adversary that would have us think about ourselves in ways that aren't true. And uh, God, raise us up as a church to do your work in this, in this area. And we do pray for that vision. We hope our community and neighborhood would be impacted, that lives would become uh, better, that human beings would flourish more greatly because of our presence in this community and our work. Uh, so we commit all that to you, God, and pray that you would make the name of Jesus known. And we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Uh, there is an, a pastoral elders meeting in room, in room, the office. <laughs> After this. <laughs>